Hey guys, before this episode starts, we wanted to let you know that there's going to be a significant audio change between the first half and the second half of this podcast, and that's because we just switched microphones. Without further ado, enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello everyone, welcome to the Strategic Aspirations podcast today. Since it's kind of been a while, a lot has happened over the last couple episodes. Today we wanted to spend the time and give you an overview of the business that my wife and I started here and use that as some context over the next couple of weeks. We'll be pulling just some lessons and stuff that I've learned over, you know, this process of starting business. So for today, tune in and we will go over the business, what it is, what we've done, and talk to you out there. Strategy. What is it? A strategy is a plan of action or policy designed to achieve a major or overall aim. We all have dreams and aspirations, things we are trying to achieve in and with our lives. However, we often fall short. We experience opposition. We get distracted. How do we stay focused on what is most important in our lives and what will bring the most fulfillment? My name is Jake Huntley, and I'm on a journey to get into the heart and soul of what makes strategy work, both in business and in life. I hope you'll join me as we strive to find our passion and make a difference in the world. Welcome to the Strategic Aspirations Podcast. Let's get started. As I mentioned in the intro, um, today we're going to be talking about uh, the business that my wife and I started here. Um, And so... I'll just give kind of a really brief introduction um, and then we can jump into it. So um, initially my wife actually started this business. It was about just over a year ago and she started it as um, a custom wedding floral business. And she initially just wanted it to be a hobby. So she has a lot of experience with flowers. She did it um, throughout high school um, and, and has just, you know, has always loved flowers. And she, um, a couple of her friends knew that she did it and asked to do their flowers for, for their weddings. And so she's like, oh yeah, sure. That'd be fun. And so I might as well like get my hotel license while I'm at it and, and kind of, um, you know, then I'll be able to access cheaper flowers and just kind of do it on the side. Uh, anyway, so this was about a year ago. This is when we were um, just starting to date seriously. Um, and we, now I've known her for about eight years, so we've been best friends for a long time. But we just started um, dating, and me being, you know, super into business stuff, I got, I got really excited. I was like, great, like, let me help you with this. And so um, ended up spending a lot of time creating a lot of um, just, like, pricing models and just different things to help make um, it a lot easier for her to, um, you know, price out flowers and do a whole bunch of different tasks. Anyways, uh, kind of fast forward, we, um, kept dating, we got married in May, um, and, you know, just did a bunch of weddings, um, on the side, you know, it was just kind of this, this fun side hobby. We were both going to school and stuff, but then, um, over the summer, things really just took off, like just exploded. We just all of a sudden started getting all these like deals and, and leads and people wanting us to do their flowers. And so, um, ended up getting really busy and getting to the point where by the, by the end of the summer, we decided that, um, you know, we had enough business that my wife was basically doing it full time. And, um, anyways, we decided, um, it was best that she ended up dropping out of school and doing this full time. You know, this is kind of her dream job. Um, and she, uh, you know, she's like, what's the point of going to school for a couple of years and degree just to end up doing a job like this in like two or three years, because, you know, this is my dream job. And we were to the point where, you know, it was comparable to kind of the the salary that she would get kind of starting off with just a basic degree. So 
um, we decided to go with it. And ever since then, um, so that was like just a couple months ago. Um, and it's grown even more since then. And so now the goal is, um, to keep growing it to the point where we just want to see by the end of next summer, if we get to a point where, um, you know, it's actually a comparable option with me, uh, with kind of my full-time option is recruiting will be next fall. So, um, we're just kind of going with it, seeing where we can grow it, but we do custom wedding, uh, flowers and arrangements. We also do like uh, bouquet preservation, whether like pressing the flowers, putting them in a frame or just drying the flowers, putting them in uh, shadow boxes or uh, some other things. And then as well, we're also looking at uh, selling and licensing out a bunch of um, the tools, the internal tools I've developed through um, like for pricing or for a bunch of other processes out to other florists around the U.S. So we, uh, luckily I had a team of um students this last semester uh, that I worked with that helped me conduct all the market research for Canada's opportunity and seems like it's a really good opportunity. So that's another avenue that we're looking at um, starting as well. So that's kind of like a brief overview and I've got my, I got my friend Kevin on here with me as well. It's uh, very impressive that she, your wife was able to just jump into it and um, she was right where she would might be able to get that job eventually just from grinding it out um, from a degree and everything. But why go through all those steps when you have a finished product right there and just it's down to refining it. So exactly. props to her. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's been awesome. And for us, so we got to the point is yeah, kind of like a no brainer. Like what is the point of, of doing it when we're already here? So now the goal is um, to see if we can, make it because now she's doing everything right it's like a full-time job but we want to get to the point where um we have enough employees and stuff doing everything that she can step in and out when she wants to but other than that you know just be able to you know when we're ready can can have a family and she can you know take care of the kids and not have it be like this full-time thing but be able to step in and out when when she wants to so that's kind of the goal moving forward here Gotcha. How was it? Um, remind me again, how did like, did she have the funding beforehand to start up this business or was it like a family thing and then branched off? Uh, so yeah, like uh, you asked about like funding and stuff for it. Yeah. Yeah. So what's actually cool with this type of business, um, that's a good question. Um, is that we, so a client will come to us, a potential client, and they'll be like, hey, um, I'm looking for a, a florist to, to make my arrangements for my wedding. And we go back and forth. We create a vision board. We say, great, like, is this what you want to look like? Great, we're on the same page. Then we create an invoice. We send it to them. And then they pay us a deposit up front, um, which will cover the cost of the flowers. Usually, um, a lot of they'll have their wedding, but they'll also have, like, pictures, like a bridal, like bridal pictures is what they call them. And so we'll like do a deposit for that, which will pay for at least the cost of flowers. And then we'll do the bridals and then they'll pay the in full before the actual wedding, before we even order the flowers. And so then they end up paying us all the money up front. And we have like, especially for weddings, we have weddings booked out through like next October. So like a year from now. So we, they've already paid us and we're just like sitting on this money. And obviously it's not ours, like it's under revenue, but we're not like our cash cycle is just like a really awesome cash cycle because they pay us so far in advance and we can do what, like we can use that money. Um, it's almost as if it's like passive income in a way, because it's so in advance. Yeah, exactly. And obviously you, we need to be careful when we leave it in, in kind of the business account, we don't take it out, but 
you know, if we need to like ramp up our advertising or do these other things, like we're not strapped on cash where it's like other businesses, you'll get a sale and you'll get like someone actually bought your product. But if they're like using credit or whatever, and you don't actually get the money, but you have to pay your suppliers and stuff, then, then you can run out of cash. Even if you do have lots of sales and lots of growth, but with ours, we always get paid first. So that's, that's definitely an advantage. So as far as like the capital goes, uh, not a lot of capital. Um, I mean, we do, we've done a little bit with building, um, getting tools and, and supplies and stuff, but not that much. Yeah. I'm sure it's not like extremely expensive for, um, all the resources and stuff. It's mostly like advertising and things like that, but until the, like in the meantime, before you get a team together and start hiring employees and stuff like that, is it all basically like in your guys's basement, like you and your wife just doing it on your, uh, on your own, like, um, the bouquet preservation stuff like that. Yeah. So we actually do have three employees. We just hired another one this week. Um, and so they do, cause we got, I mean, we got to the point, this was at the end of the summer, Katie was doing it full time and we're like, yeah, we can't do this. We're so overwhelmed. Um, so we've, yeah, we've hired actually quite a few employees. So they do, um, this next one coming in, we'll basically get to the point where they do everything except for the actual consultations and the actual, um, flower work is our goal. And then we're also looking at freelancers who are just, uh, experienced florists where they can kind of come in on like one-off bases, just coming in and helping with really busy weekends. And eventually we'll expand through more of like a franchise model where people can kind of, um, do it themselves. Um, and they kind of, some of the reasons we're doing that. So the floral industry is really interesting because over 60% of all floral businesses are single owner or have one employee. So one employee or less. And so most of them are just like florists, just kind of doing their own thing. Um, and not like super sophisticated, but they just like do their own thing. And so, um, there's not of, there's not really any big companies. Um, and there's lots of reasons for that one is just geographic limitations and, um, yeah, just lots of things like that. So, um, it's kind of interesting that way and we're wanting, yeah, we just do it out of our basement. We actually have a really nice kind of room down there that we use as like the, the flower shop down there, but I don't know that we'll ever want to build, um, you know, a big floral shop. I mean, that's one of the biggest costs that, you know, you have your typical flower shops, but that's like a huge, all that overhead is just huge. So if we can just expand through kind of more of a franchise model, then we'd be able to um, just avoid that cost entirely and just um, keep the profits there. But yeah, as of right now, we're just doing it um, in our wedding or in our, in our basement. Um, so yeah. Wow. Good, good for you guys. That's a, um, that's a serious um, feat that you guys have accomplished so far and you're planning on going out of the state. Um, Thank you. I'm not sure if it's completely like, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say if you guys are going out of state um, just yet because you're considering it like, what was it, Texas or Arizona that you're thinking about moving to? Yeah. And it wouldn't be that we're moving. I mean, that would, so that was like, as far as like my full-time options is like coming out of school, getting hired to be like a management consultant or product manager like we were looking at, at moving to Texas or, or whatever, those are where like a lot of the jobs are Texas, Boston, California. Um, but 
if this ended up being kind of the route we go, um, then we would, um, we would stay here and grow it here, but then we'd also license out a lot of our tools to florists in other States. And that would just be like a web-based, um, service. And so, um, and cause like I mentioned, like most of the kind of floral businesses, um, are so small and they, you know, they're just single owner and they just want to do flowers. Right. They don't really care as much about the business process, like the business stuff. Um, they just want to do flowers. And so we think there's a, like, from what we've seen, there's a really big need for services that just save them lots of time and money where they can just focus on the flowers. Um, and there's not really any good solutions out there right now. So that's something that we're looking at really expanding and starting off with that. And then eventually, um, expanding through the franchise model um, down the road after we kind of have them with the kind of this initial offering, then we can kind of build it out from there and kind of take on more of their, the business. It would just basically like, is what it's called business process outsourcing, but basically like they'd outsource a lot of the business functions to us. And we just have a lot of tools that for the most part do it automatically. And then um, they'd be able to focus on flowers and we'd be able to, um, just leverage the tools and stuff that we've developed. So is there like a limit to where you guys want to get to, um, that you want to continue to like actually do some management tasks or do you want to, um, get so big as in like most of it's already handled and you have like management for every single, um, I don't want to say shop because you're not too sure if you're going to have like a flower shop or something like that. But do you want to um, be handling the management side of things like throughout your whole time? Um, that's a good question. So I think there's, I think an important breakdown is working in the business and working on the business. So right now working in the business is like, you're just doing, all the, like Katie's doing a lot of like working in the business right now. She's doing, talking with the clients, doing the concept boards, right? The vision boards, the invoices, scheduling everything. Um, and the goal is to transition her out of that completely. And, and for the most part, have a lot of managers and I would love to take over and do a lot of the management, but only to the extent where it's most of it is working on the business, which is like working on growing it or starting new initiatives or optimizing processes or, um, you know, starting like kind of new revenue streams. And so the goal is that, yeah, we have good managers in place where um, we basically wouldn't have to work. Right. So then it is more of a passive income stream. It's not replacing our, you know, a, a full-time job with just being like self-employed but it's actually a business where we don't have to work, right? Where it's just coming in regardless because we have the whole business set up, right? That, that takes care of everything. And then I, then that would leave me time to do what I enjoy most, which is um, growing the business, thinking, you know, innovating, uh, optimizing processes and, and stuff like that. Um, so that's a great question, but that's, I mean, that's the goal. Um, Especially, you know, with, I'm, I'm still going to school right now. So, um, trying to do that as much as possible, which has been nice because Katie's been doing the, the full-time stuff and I've been able to, what time I have had, I've been able to, um, step in, improve things. Um, and then, but not like be required to work if that makes sense. And so 
just kind of with our needs there and with her desire to um, not have it be a full-time job so she can, you know, be a mom more is kind of her goal and have it be an option on the side. Then, you know, we're, we're in the spot right now where it's kind of like this. Um, it's not quite there. You know, when she started and it was a hobby, it was good. It was like part-time, but now we're like in the spot where we're both working a lot on it, but we want to get yeah to that point where um, it just runs itself and we can step in and grow it as much as we want. But don't. So is that a yay or a nay to making it become a family business, having your kids involved? Um, okay, I, I gotcha. Um, I haven't even considered that. I don't know that. I mean, I, I think it's way too early to say. I mean, you're saying that it's going to be around in 20 years. Um, and I think, it, I mean, 20 years is a long time for a business. Like, um, I think if, if we're still around 20 years, then that means it's going to be really big. Um, and so I think what's either going to happen is, yeah, we just keep growing it and then we just have it on the side and I'll just take more of kind of like, I won't be necessarily the CEO. I'll just be more like the, on the board of directors directing it. Like, I don't want it to be, I'd have to see. Cause I think there's like, um, I have lots of other options as well. I think this would be a great to get to the point where it just runs itself and it's a great source of passive income. Uh, and I can grow it. And, and I mean, we'll see, I mean, it's so early stage right now. I can't even project where it would be. Um, so I think, you know, it, that could be an option, but I think in 20 years, so much can happen. And I imagine that I'll probably start more businesses down the road. I think my goal is more do a business that's more social impact driven. So right now this is awesome. This is great learning. This is great getting us there, but at some point I'll probably want something that um, is really focused on helping, you know, disadvantaged groups or, or different things. So, yeah. So I don't know. I think <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't give you a clear answer, but I think that's, it's just hard to kind of say anything right now. That's okay. You guys are kind of still newlyweds. So it's uh, really early to start thinking about that. Yeah. We're, we're, we're trying to figure out like when to have kids, not like <laughs> if we have jobs for them when they're 20. Right. <laughs> um, that's cool. Um, you said your vision, you had a vision board that Katie was working on. Um, can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So when, um, when we get kind of new clients who are interested, we'll, basically our goal is to drive all our leads to have a free consultation. That's the process right now. And they, where they hop on the phone with Katie and they're just like, Katie gets to know them um, and kind of what they're interested in. And it's really good because Katie's really personal. So a lot of people, um, I think that's one of the key reasons why a lot of people choose to work with us is just because Katie's so personal, but then they go through, they kind of get the details for the wedding. Oh, what kind of colors, what themes, like she has a list of, a bunch of different themes and stuff that they can look at. And anyway, so they um, kind of agree on what they want. And then Katie goes back and um, designs like their wedding basically. So she like just finds pictures from all over, puts them into a concept board or a vision board is what it is, but we call it a concept board. Um, and then it's like, okay, great for the bridal bouquet. Like here's some pictures kind of give you an idea of what it's going to look at, look like, like make sure we're on the same page. And then she just does that. And then we send it to them and we say, Hey, 
is this right? Does this look like what you, what you want for your wedding? And so we just make sure the expectations are clear. And then that's helpful, you know, a couple months down the road when we're actually doing the flowers and we've talked to a hundred more brides, like we'll be able to just pull up their concept board and know exactly what they want for their flowers. It'll have all that information there. So that's, that's what that is. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, I think it's really beneficial for us and for the clients as well. All about innovation. I'm sure that goes into um, the vision board as well. But um, when you mentioned that, I kind of had like a question in my mind. You might have, um, I'm curious to see what your answer is, but like how far can you go into innovating without like just defining innovation is spreading the business to as many people as you can? Like in what ways would you say innovation would be a part of your business when it comes to um, like your line of work? Yeah, so... That's a great question. Um, so as far as like innovating within the business, so it's very much, it's a very iterative process. It's lots of trial and error. Um, and so with this concept board thing, in fact, um, maybe I can start with that and talk about like innovation in regards to that. Um, so one kind of thing that we've experienced is that there's kind of two different kinds of clients. There's the people who really care about the flowers and love the design experience and love like, oh, I want a huge arch piece. I want all these centerpieces. I want flowers down the aisle, right? Like they're all about that. And then there's other people who are just like, all right, that's a beautiful bouquet, but like, can we get it cheaper? Can we get it cheaper? So there's like people who care about price, right? And so that kind of has caused some problems as far as um, like trying to understand what people want and trying to optimize for that. And so one way that we're innovating is I, um, kind of envisioned a process where the people who care more about price, we can just create an online design your own wedding kind of experience where they can go and kind of the same process, but we start with like, okay, here's like pre-made themes of like weddings we've done or like weddings that we've already priced out for like past people. And like, here's just like general themes, right? So like one is like, um, if you really like anemones, then like, there's a theme like with that, or if you really like blue and white and like there's a theme for that or, or whatever. And so they can go online, they can see, they can see all these different themes. They can see the general price ranges. Like, okay, these are standard flowers. These are premium. This is like a premium theme. And here's like kind of the price range. And then they can say, okay, based on what I'm interested in, based on like my budget, here's like the theme I kind of want to do. And then they end up using that. That takes care of the concept board and the invoice. And we don't have to spend a ton of time, which allows it to be a lot cheaper. And so then the people who care about price, they're able to just kind of take like a standard, um, a standard template theme and start with that. And then we can do a little bit of customization um, for them, but not a ton. And so then we're going to have that be a separate process. Like we have the free consultation. We'll find out like, okay, you can do design your own wedding, save, save some money, do that online all on your own, or you can have us like design your wedding. If you don't know what you want or you want like really big arrangements, like we can work with you really closely, design it exactly how you want it and go from there. So like that's one instance of like innovating to like solve this problem of these two different customer segments that are coming to us. Um, another example of how we're innovating is um, with the tools that we've developed, like with, um, there's a lot of like the pricing model has been a really intense one. That's the one I keep mentioning, but, um, that's something that 
it's just like, okay, we need to do this and we need it more efficient. And I just keep working on it and working on it. And now it's to the point where it's, it's really nice. It probably saves us, you know, 120 hours a month and thousands of dollars. So it's like super awesome. So we're thinking of, um, creating this online platform where, um, people can come in other florists, they can pay us, create an account, uh, kind of like subscription based, and then they'll have access online to this, um, to a bunch of these tools to, you know, price out these flowers, which is a really complex process, you know, going from, you know, the wholesaler who gets them in, in pack, they're in packages, right. In bulk. And they, um, prices are always changing based on the season and, and the flowers they can get in. And then you have to convert it to the different flowers and then put it in the arrangements and include all your markup and everything. Anyways, like this super complex process. So the innovation has been just creating a model that accounts for all that. And then the second step is like, okay, how can we like leverage this tool that we've already spent so much time for our own purposes? How can we leverage that and like, um, create a new revenue stream, help kind of, um, these other floors who aren't directly competing with us because it is so limited by geography, have them kind of start off with it. And then, uh, eventually we can kind of build this franchise model model. Cause we're never going to like go do flowers in Texas from here. Right. So like, we just need to find some, good Texas florists who match our, our style and who would be a good fit um, and eventually build it out that way. If that makes sense. It does. Um, so since you're, um, you guys might innovate to like, well, you are innovating possibly your website and providing additional services. Are you thinking about in the future, maybe providing an app? Yeah. So that's a great question. So I was actually approached by a consulting firm who, um, they're really cool, but they uh, offered to build out an app and we kind of talked through it. And I, at this point, um, we don't want to do an app just because the, the high maintenance costs and stuff and the web-based kind of platform, basically I'm just embedding um, this model on a website and they can interact with it there. And so the user, like the user experience could definitely be improved with an app, but kind of the, the, the cost benefit just isn't there yet. And so we want to start off with this web-based, uh, just, you know, just off the website where they can have a portal there to, to access it. And if there's enough interest and we start getting enough cash flow from that, then we could start investing in an app. Because um, I think then at that point, like there, there definitely are advantages with the increased user experience and kind of the, um, as well, just kind of the barriers there of having a good application that they can just use. It's super portable. They can do it on their phones, whatever. Um, would be really nice. So that's like really long-term, but something that we've definitely considered. Um, and if, if it is, you know, we do see the success there, then that is something we'll definitely consider. That would be a great idea. Um, so usually when people start a business and, um, and are thinking of the long-term, they have a mission, um, a set of values, and then they have their strategy. So if you had to describe those, how would you? That's actually really insightful. Where did that, I guess that may not sound insightful, but um, <laughs> it's insightful because it was the link between the two, because like everyone knows, right? A company has their, their mission and then they've got like strategy, but like, what is strategy? That's like such a buzzword. Um, but for my class, we actually, um, so I'm in like strategic management, right? So it's all about, you know, company, you know, businesses strategy and, and how they like 
deliver unique value to their customers. Um, and so I think the connection there is really important of not just like, these are the things we're doing because these are our goals, but it's like, what's the underlying mission and like values that are like driving our decisions. So I'll start with, um, I guess, first of all, does that like make sense? Um, just like the connection there. Yeah, I'd say so. Cool. So, so starting with like the values. Um, so we value, um, there's a couple of things we value personally, but we also want to provide our customers. So we value personally. So we um, want a business that we are in control over and that doesn't control us. So like, that's a really important one. And especially with like my wife, like she doesn't want to have to work all the time. It's been great getting it started, working a lot and building something and building a business around it. But you know, long-term, we don't want it to be something where it limits us. We want to be something where it frees us, where we have the option to choose when we work, to grow as much as we want, to have the flexibility with our schedule, to, you know, do what we want when we want to do it. And so building it that way and making sure that, because when you do a business, like you can set up where you are like the expert and you do everything. Um, and if you're not deliberate with it, then that can actually be a problem. So you want to, so for us, like that's something we really care about. So we're building, it's, it's me thinking, okay, I can do this thing, but how can I break it down into a really simple, easy to understand, easy to follow process that our employees, like we can hire someone, plug them in, they can learn the process and execute it. And, and then I can step away from that. And so that's what we're doing a lot right now. Um, and I think, um, that's something that's been on my mind a lot. Um, so that's like one of the core values is um, the flexibility and the control. Another one that we want to provide to our clients is just a really good um, customer experience because, and that's something my wife's really good at um, and passionate about. Like for her, she would, she would love to just do flowers for free and just like, she just loves it. And she just loves like making people's day. And obviously you can't do that. <laughs> um, as a business, otherwise you just, yeah, that just doesn't work. Right. Um, and so, um, but one way that, you know, she does find a lot of satisfaction is, you know, being just really getting to know kind of the clients and really just being super friendly, easy to work with. Like, just like there's been so many times when, you know, after they'll have like their initial like consultation stuff, they'll be like, wow, like, thank you so much. Like I'm so less stressed now. Like you're so awesome. Like I feel like you're a friend I can reach out to kind of. And so it's like, that's something I think that, um, is kind of unique. And I think that's a, a tribute to my wife is like just really good, um, customer experience that way. Um, and so that's like another, um, another one. And then those are the two big ones. I mean, I could, could dive into more if you'd like, but those are two of the main ones. And then um, to kind of tie it to your original question, as far as like what our strategy is. Um, so I already answered like our, um, with the, you know, we, we want control over it. So one of our strategies is um, building out these processes, right? So it's like, okay, um, we want to make it so it's, you know, that we can step out of it. Another one could be like this passive income stream with these tools we've already developed, because then that is really low. Like it's already built, it's up there, it's running, they can access it. It's not a ton of labor on our part or even like on employees part, there might be a little bit, but not a ton. And so that's, that fits really well with like this passive income kind of idea. Um, 
where it's very low work, right? Ratio to, to, to what's coming in and it's a lot more scalable. And so like those are kind of two aspects of our strategy that um, we're focused on. And then as far as like the, um, the customer experience, the aspects of our strategy include um, the consultation right up front. So we're on the phone, we're talking with them. They have that personal connection. It's not like some, like that just, they automated robotic type of thing exactly exactly and so it's in this very much this life feel and then as well like the concept boards um and just really showing that like we want to design this for them it's their wedding like we want to make it like what they want and so like that's another aspect and then you know just th- those are two examples but uh, so you wanna, um, would you say that your business is more on thriving for um giving quality over like what the um the customer can give back to you try to like outweigh them instead yeah definitely and with any good business you're going to want to have a value proposition where you are delivering a lot more value than they're paying um and that's going to be like what allows your business to grow because if you're pretty equal or below like you're not going to be able to grow because um there's just no incentive for them to to refer you to 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 go with you like it's, it's a lot harder to sell but when it's like so much like we provide like a lot of florists will mark up their flowers a lot um which i mean there's a lot that goes into it but we since we've developed a lot of these tools that save us so much time with like 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 i said we save 120 hours if we had done like if we didn't have these tools in place then we would have to spend the time ourselves like pricing out the flowers or doing invoices or just like all these other things. And so the fact that we've developed these tools allows us to have much lower prices and to give much higher value for the prices we do have, if that makes sense. So it's like really unique value, but also low cost. And so when you kind of have both of those aspects, then um, you're able to deliver a really good experience and people are just kind of blown away. Right. And so um, that leaves when people come and, and they review us after like the, there's so many glowing reviews, you know, five stars of like, man, this was like incredible. And then they go, and most of our growth has just been referrals. And like, we haven't done a ton of marketing. We're just going to start here now that we have um, some employees and processes in place. And I'm going to finish out building some processes. Uh, We just set up some Google ads today, which will help drive actual, you know, some actual um, marketed traffic so we can grow a lot faster than we're going fast. But now that we've kind of, gotten things under control, um, we can actually start scaling up that way. And so that's been, um, yeah, it kind of been our focus there, but quick question. I don't know if I kind of answered that or not, but that's are- great that you guys are taking advantage of the SEO. That's really cool. Um, search engine optimization. Yeah. But, but, um, I think we're about out of time. Last thing to wrap up though, that I wanted to ask you was what are three things that you would, um, three pieces of advice that you give to somebody that wants to start up a business? <laughs> um, that's great. Um, Cause I'm, I mean, I've always wanted to start a business. It's been definitely, I've learned a lot the last couple of months. That's for sure. Um, what I would say is being, I think, there's first, so my first piece of advice would be really defining your objective for starting a business. Cause there are lots of different 
types of businesses, not like in the sense that there's different business models, but there's different like types of business businesses depending on like what you want. So like, you know, there's the typical like tech startup where the goal of the business is to develop some crazy technology, raise a bunch of venture capital, grow it as fast as you can, sell it, make a whole bunch of money. That's a very different business than like a small, like a lifestyle business, which is like, there's a lot of people who have skills. And I think a lifestyle business is not as hard um, as far as like, typically there's people who have some sort of skill. They're a doctor or they're a, a plumber or they're a florist, right? They have floral experience and they just start doing it on their own. And then they like can start picking up momentum there. And then, and then they have the advantage. They can be self-employed and then even employ others and then kind of license out, or they can turn it into like an actual business. Um, <clears throat> and so that's like a very different type of business. Um, and it's going to require different things and different priorities um, while you're building it. Um, and it's going to have different payoffs. So I think just being aware, and maybe we can do a podcast on this sometime that could actually be really interesting. Um, but just like the different types of businesses and the different objectives um, and how you would go about building your type of business in that way. So I'd say that's my first piece of advice. My second one is <clears throat> don't do it alone is what I'd say, because my wife and I, um, it's been awesome because we work really well together. She's so good at the client relations and the actual flowers and stuff. And I'm able to grow the business. So I would identify, are you like the, um, kind of the doer or like the specialist that like makes it work? Like, are you the florist or are you the person who's actually going to develop the app or are you like, like what's, what's your expertise or are you like someone who's going to set the framework and actually create the business model around the product or service? Um, and so like understanding that, and I think you need both. So if you're the doer and like the one who's going to be working in the business, you got to understand that. Or if you're, and if you, if you are that person, you need to find someone who can create a business around it and scale it because it's very different to become like there, it's one thing to be self-employed and to like generate lead yourself. It's another thing to create a business, create processes, hire employees and scale it. That's totally different skill set. So understanding that I think is crucial. So I think for us that works really well that we just, you know, obviously we um, are like marriage partners and like life partners, but like to be business partners as well, we actually are actually a really good fit. So that's really nice for us. Um, so I think understanding that and uh, kind of another sub point there is understanding what you aren't good at and hiring people to do that. So something that I am not that good at and don't enjoy is like the taxes and the legal part of it. And so for that, like I make an Excel sheet, what I'm surprised you didn't make an Excel sheet for it. Well, I do to the extent I can, but actually going in like, <laughs> it's crazy. You go to hire an employee and there's like, you have to fill like 10 forms and there's like, you have to pay like six different kinds of taxes. It's just like crazy. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. So instead of hiring a person, there's lots of service providers. So I just go to like a payroll service provider. I'm like, yeah, I'll pay you like 40 bucks a month to handle all that. And I just don't have to think about it. And then you can focus on what you're good at. So that way I'm not like my opportunity cost. If I'm spending all this time doing this stuff that I'm terrible at and I hate, like I'm not going to be able to spend the time on like 
what my superpower quote unquote is of like developing good processes and actually growing the business. Um, so there's two points, I guess that we could fit them around the same bucket. So that's just like um, thinking really specifically about what you're good at and putting in people to fill in the spots where you're not good at it. Um, and then the third one, I think, and this is something that I want to improve at just because I haven't done a ton because it's been such a recent development, but I think um, getting advice um, from people who have done it before um, because like a mentor. Yep. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be one mentor. I mean, one mentor would be like awesome if you could, you could get that. Maybe we could talk about that. could be another interesting um, conversation on the podcast, but just um, <clears throat> getting perspectives because what, and it's been awesome for me because I like, I have a private equity internship right now. So like I've been able to see, and learn so much from my internship that I've applied to the business and learned from my, the managing partners at the firm who like have been great mentors for me. And it's like, not at all related, like private equity and florals, like you would never think they're related, but a lot of the sourcing processes. And if you don't know what private equity is, it's basically just like investing in businesses and buying businesses. Um, and so like, even just the process of like sourcing companies and finding companies to acquire, I've directly like applied that to like finding floral companies that we want to like license out these products to, or there's just so many connections. And so that's been like gain experiences and uh, relationships that will expand the way that you view how to do things. Right. Because otherwise you're going to approach it in like, like I know this one way to do it. And like, this is what I'm going to do. But if you can see like, three or four different ways to do it, then you can say, okay, I'm going to draw a little bit from here, a little bit from here, a little bit from here. And you're going to be way, way more successful that way because you're able to actually create solutions that are going to address whatever problem you're facing instead of having a hammer and being like, okay, everything's a now like one size fits all trying to, to force fit it. And so that's something that, um, I think I, next semester I have an intern kind of not an internship, but I am working for a consulting firm, um, which will be really awesome. And that will give me exposure to this other company that we're working with. Um, and I'm sure I'll gain so many insights and experiences there. And so, um, I think there's just so much value there that I would not have realized before as far as, um, like how much it could pay off. I'm like, right. Like private equity has nothing to do with like running a floral business, but really like there's been so much I've learned. So just being really open and just trying to see how you can innovate and improve things. Um, I think is kind of my last piece of advice and getting mentors who have been there. So. Good stuff. Good stuff. Try also to like fail as many times as you can. I like, <laughs> I've heard one guy say that they, um, when they're starting out with something, it's easy to like, um, have the mindset beforehand saying like, I'm going to do everything right today and I'm going to get so much progress done. But then like, once you crash and burn, it's, it's easy to stay in that burning mode and then not want to do anything after that. But if you're in the mindset of like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, get a hundred failures done today. <laughs> People can, um, you know, they'll learn from their mistakes and be like, Hey, I'm actually improving. Exactly. And I think, I, I think that's a really good piece of advice. And I think kind of one of the principles behind it is that you want to, 
so if you can see <clears throat> failure as an opportunity to learn, then what you want, you're going to want to do is you're going to want to shorten that time horizon of being able to learn like as short as you can. So you want to be like, yeah, I'm developing like this potential app. I'm not going to build a whole app. I'm just going to host it on the website and see like if people like it. And then like, if they start like it, then I get momentum and I like learn, but then it's like a lot quicker, like learning than I'm going to try and do everything perfect and then launch it and then fail super bad and like be in this pit for forever. And then like try again, you want to be like very scrappy. It's very different than like a lot of academic stuff where it's like, okay, we got to like do all the research and make sure it's like checks all these boxes. Like when you're actually like running a business, it's going to be a lot more like, yeah, we don't have time to like do that. We got to like go 80% of the way and like, that's good enough. And then like, you know, we got, we just got to, that's just how it works. And so I think, yeah, understanding that's really important is like, don't be afraid to fail, like learn from it, apply it, iterate, like keep improving. And like the people who are going to win are going to be the ones who can go through that process the most versus the people who have a really long time horizon for that. Recycling your knowledge. Yep. Yep. Cool. Cool. Well, that was today's episode. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for, for tuning in. Uh, hopefully that was a good kind of background, a little bit um, what I've been up to and why um, some of these episodes haven't been in the past. Now we're starting to get into kind of more of a, a regular kind of routine here, but in the past, you know, getting this all started up, I was very focused on that. So um, <clears throat> coming up for the next couple of episodes, um, we'll have some specific, this one was kind of just, you know, a general context, but in future episodes, we'll cover you know, specific aspects, specific lessons learned. So stay tuned. Can't wait to talk to you guys next time.